The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today we are speaking with Morgan Langan. Morgan is a, an entrepreneur. He's the founder and president of Grace Grove Retreat Center. He has a passion for integrating business and spirituality and really helping people find their life's purpose. He's the co-creator of One Spirit Weekend, which we're going to get into a little bit deeper later in the show. And as if he doesn't have enough to do already, he is completing a book called The Ultimate MBA Program, A Master's Degree in Being Alive. Morgan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Cheryl. So good to have you here. So tell us where you are today. Well, I'm in Sedona, Arizona at Grace Grove Retreat Center, and um, it's a beautiful day with a creek flowing by, and honored to be here with all of your listeners. Oh, that's great. Sedona is a very special place. Lots of powerful energy here in Sedona, um, you know, and it's, it's just a wonderful place to, it's, it's a place of transformation, and that's why I'm here in Sedona. Now, so let's talk a little bit about um, kind of your journey and how you got to Sedona. Um, you know, when we met a couple of years ago um, at a Consciousness in Business conference, you were in the process of making a shift in your life. And you had come from a lot of great accomplishments, and you were moving toward creating what you have now in the Grace Grove Retreat Center. But let's go back to kind of the beginning. You spent time early in your career um, as a business person. Well, I've been a business person. I graduated my MBA. I'm going to date myself. But in 1976, from the University of Montana with an MBA, and my goal at that point in time was to be a millionaire. You know, I wanted to be a – I studied people who were successful and, and what made them successful, and my goal was to be a millionaire before I was 30. Wow. That's quite a hefty goal. <laughs> Especially for a guy from Butte, Montana, whose parents <laughs> didn't have any money, yeah. And, and so how did that go for you? Well, by 31, I had a million dollars sitting in the bank. Uh, by 32, I had lost it all. Ah. Well, tell us about that. Well, I, I, had, uh, I created a, a, a wonderful business in Lake Tahoe, California, and was bringing uh, groups into the casinos. And on uh, December 6th of 1984, we had a, uh, one of our aircraft that we were catering with actually crashed, and um, we lost 88 people in that situation. Oh, wow. And it was a very, very challenging uh, transformation for me. So I, I decided that, you know, I needed to do something a little bit differently with my life. I had lots of money. I sat around and I looked at... Uh, the lifestyle I had, which was great, living in Lake Tahoe and all the excitement. 
but there was really something inside of me that wasn't uh, completely satisfied with just having money. Wow. Well, and that must have been quite a moment when um, you were looking at the value of a life and the value of the money in the bank. Yeah, I think it, it, it took me a while to realize that, you know, I was absolutely responsible for everything that happened, mm. including the fact that those people were on that airplane that day. It was my marketing. It was my business. It was everything that, that brought them together to be at that point. Wow. And it shook me up, to say the least. It really made me look at what I was doing with my life and, and was the money the only thing that was important, and certainly it was not, because at that point I looked, I was going through a divorce. I'd lost most of my friends. I hadn't spoke to my mother and father for five years. Oh, boy. Uh, my life was really basically in a shambles, and I thought it was worthwhile because I had all this money. Mm. And then when that was gone, too, <laughs> yeah, I laugh about it now, but it wasn't such a, yeah. Yeah, it seemed so serious then. Right, right. So, so you, here you were. You were kind of at the bottom, and mm. um, you decided to start looking at things differently. What did you do first? Well, I, I took six months off. I traveled around Europe, kind of got put a backpack on and tried to get a perspective on what my life was really about. And I realized that I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. You know, I really wanted to have a positive impact on their lives. And I did uh, what I consider uh, now is I looked at my biography. Where have I been? You know, what is, what is the, all, the, all the training and things that I've done? And really what I loved was being outside. Hmm. And I loved, um, you know, being in nature. And I wasn't doing any of that uh, with with being so occupied with my business. So I decided to find a retreat center that I could own, operate, and, and bring people to a space that they would be happy in and not necessarily coming to Lake Tahoe to gamble and lose money. Yeah. But your organization previously had been structured as a travel organization, right? I mean, yes, we had, a, we had uh, a, uh, several retail travel agencies, yeah. a tour wholesale company, and the big part of the business was bringing gambling junkets into Reno, Lake Tahoe, and Las sure, Vegas. Sure, yeah, okay. So, so you decide that it's going to be different, and you're on your trek across Europe. And so, what happens for you? Um, I guess it, it it brought me to an inward journey, and most of my attention to that point was was exterior. You know, all the fun and the and the beautiful people, and the fast cars, and the helicopters, and, and for a boy from Montana, that was really exciting to, to have to be in all that action and excitement, sure, yeah. but I really kind of lost track of, of who I was and what was really important to me, so this time of reflection was to realize that there's I'm more than just this physical body and the physical things going on around me, yeah, yeah. and I think that's really when my life started to shift, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Well, it must have taken a lot of courage, you know, as I hear in you, kind of, you had all these accomplishments by all accounts, you know, of our society, highly, highly successful, um, and yet ready to say, you know, this isn't it. What kind of reaction did you get from people who knew you, who saw you going through this? Well, you know, I'd surrounded myself with people who were used to, um, you know, me buying dinners and paying for everything. And, you know, it's kind of a fun guy, the party guy. And so the people around me at that point in time were kind of shocked when I came back from Europe and had a different perspective and decided I was taking a different approach. And that was a good thing. You know, I didn't want to continue with what I had been doing. Right. And then really there was a lot of encouragement at that point in time that to, to, 
to try something different, to, to look at different things in a different way, because they saw that what I was doing with my life was leading me to the train wreck that it was. Yeah, yeah. So you had a lot of support. That's really... I, I actually... I actually, from my dear friends, from the people who are really, truly friends, I actually did have support to try something different, and they saw a different side of me than what was happening with, you know, the illusion of wealth. Right, 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 right. So then what did you do? I spent a year and a half after that point getting back from Europe looking for uh, a resort. I knew that I wanted to be outdoors. I knew I wanted to provide an environment for people to, to, to be in nature, and I wanted to be in nature. So I spent a year and a half looking at resorts, really studying, uh, looking at the books. I looked at over 60 resorts all the way from Montana into Southern California, saw how they operated, what made them successful, what made them you know, cause, have problems, and had a really good idea of what it was that I wanted to do and purchased a resort um, in uh, 1986 and ran that resort for, for 21 years, basically. And, and where was that? I was in Northern California near Mount Shasta in the Trinity Alps. Mm, beautiful country. Oh, it's a gorgeous country. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll tell you, when I left that, when I decided I wanted to do something different from that, then people thought I was crazy <laughs> because I had such a great lifestyle. I mean, I loved my job. Yeah. I was really, the, the, my, my guests were my friends. We had yeah. a, we'd have 300 people a, a week at our resort, and it would wow. uh, be families primarily. And they loved coming to the resort. I loved my job. I, I worked six months out of the year. I played basketball and volleyball. <laughs> it was a really it was a wonderful <laughs> lifestyle, lifestyle. Kind of an endless summer, huh? Mm, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, and you had, did you say 20 years you had that? 20, 22 years I've, I've owned the business, yeah. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, in the midst of your let's call it your, you know, life crisis or your meltdown around this isn't what I want to do anymore, your entrepreneurial spirit was still very much intact. You were clear something was next. And, you know, I wonder about that spirit because not everyone has that. You know, it seems like that is is part of what propelled you forward. Can you talk a little bit about where that came from in you, that, that entrepreneurial outlook? What? You know, I, I think it came from, obviously, I was, I was born with it. I loved business. I started, you know, <laughs> had my own, uh, my mom and dad didn't have a lot of money, so I had to earn, be creative and earn money. So I don't know whether it was the need for, for earning money or it was the fact that I really love connecting with people. Yeah. And in retrospect, I feel that's what it is because when I can connect with people and make a difference in their lives, I really see the importance of my life. Hmm. And... So where does it, where does that come from? I, I think it's all all of us have that need and desire to connect, and business gives us a bigger playing field in which to do that. You know, if I was just a, you know, didn't have these visions of of being able to have 300 people at my business every day, I wouldn't have been able to make those kinds of connections. And um, I think that's what separates us as entrepreneurs. You know, people who have a vision of of greater connection with with our customers, with our suppliers, with mm with everyone in our lives, and I think business gives us that playground to do that with. Well, and that's a very interesting way to look at it. You know, the business is the playground um, where you can make a difference, where you can connect with people, because so often business, I believe, gets a bad rap. Um, People look at it as business is, 
you know, a place for greed and business is a place where um, the bottom line matters and the bottom line only has to do with money and money must be bad. And, and you know, I, that whole premise, um, I believe, does not serve us. You know, as a society, you know, as a culture, as a capitalistic culture, um, or in ways to connect with people. So, how do you translate this in this world we live in? I think when I, you know, when I was graduating with my with my MBA, business had a, a pretty high prestige and a, and a high profile. You know, we had our our captains of industry who had great philosophies and cared about people, and you know, and I think we still have that. I still exist. Unfortunately, the, the the media points out all the bad things. You know, they show all the you know the AIG has how many hundreds of thousands of employees, and because they had three employees who were four employees who just didn't do the right thing, the entire company is looked at as bad. You know, and one of my friends is a is a vice president of AIG, and he's just he's just a regular guy with a family, and he's probably one of the most caring, loving people I've ever met, uh, yeah. and yet he's lumped into oh he's one of them. Right, right. So. I think business has its work cut out for it as, a, as, a, as an entity, as an overall entity, to really shift the way that we look at business because it is the, the exchange of goods and service that connects us all. So if we're looking at that as a, as a negative thing, of course we're going to have a negative imp, you know, a way of looking at business. Hmm. Interesting. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about um, your perspective on the responsibility that goes with business, with organizations, with creating connection. You certainly had the experience of feeling responsible. You know, you got a big-time wake-up call connected to that sense of feeling responsible for people when that you know, terrible tragedy happened with your first business. Mm-hmm. What do you think today about you know, how leaders need to view their role as being responsible for people. I, I really believe that responsibility is one of the cornerstones of, of our society right now. It needs to be, or nobody wants to be responsible for anything in our society. That's the way it appears. You know, that I'm not responsible for this. The government did this to me. Everybody is a victim, in, and it, it's gotten us into this mess that we're having. So you're, you know, focusing on and responsibility is really key. We I know absolutely that I am responsible for everything that happens within my life. I have somehow created it and brought it forth. That acceptance has changed and shifted my whole life. It's changed me from being a victim. You know, all this plane crashed, my whole, you know, everything happened, and all these negative things happened around me. Instead of, wow, I brought that into existence. Why? What was the purpose for it? What, you know, what can I learn from this experience by accepting this responsibility instead of trying to point out everybody else who's responsible for it? Right, 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 right. You know, my life is, is in that. I think that's been one of the biggest and most important points. When we talk about awakening leadership and waking up, I think that's the, the wake-up call for me is when I first started accepting responsibility for every aspect of my life, not allowing myself to go into that victimhood of, you know, everybody else did, didn't do their job. You know, what was my role in this, and how do I accept it? And, and from that, I'm into a space where I knew I know I created what happened. Now how can, how can I create what I don't want, you know, what I do want to have happen? Mm-hmm. So. so in a lot of ways, what you're talking about is really being fully conscious. Um, 
you know, not only paying attention to the business, but to the world around us. Yeah, and I think consciousness has a, it's, it's confusing. Everybody's using it as a buzzword, you know, it's in all of our sciences. A lot of business people throw it around. But really, consciousness is simply expanding the awareness of your full potential self. Hmm. And I think that understanding is that, is, is that, first of all, the things that are happening out there, all of our financial crisis, all of the um, things that apparently be, appear to be happening to us are, are really happening out there. And where the important things really happen is understanding who I am as an individual. And that's a different journey. That takes our focus away from what's ex- happening on the external to focusing upon what is happening within me and what is the, that full potential that is within me. That's a very fascinating thought. We're going to talk more about this when we come back right after this break. From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. More and more business people recognize the importance of spirituality in their work. How do busy professionals discover what rings true for them? Embracing the journey with Karen Humphrey Salad explores what it means to be spiritually fulfilled in business and how to integrate spiritual direction into a career. Expert guests, authors, and inspiring speakers join Karen every week to discuss such issues as honesty, compassion, generosity, ethics, and integrity in the workplace. Take a positive step forward to greater life balance. Tune into Embracing the Journey with Karen Humphrey Salad, broadcasting every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And welcome back to Leading Conversations. We're speaking with Morgan Langan this morning, founder and president of Grace Grove Retreat Center and upcoming author of The Ultimate MBA Program, A Master's Degree in Being Alive. So in our last segment, Morgan, you um, were telling us a lot about your own leadership journey. And we ended the segment talking about consciousness, and you defined that as expanding the awareness of our full potential self. So let's talk more about that. Okay. Tell, tell us more about, you know, how that translates into daily life. Well, I think the first step is, is to becoming aware that there is more to who I am than just this physical existence. There is something over and above that. And I think all of us have had some type of a peak experience where we've, we've seen that, you know. And sometimes it takes bad experiences, like for me, of this airplane crash to really tap in and realize that, okay, this happened, but there's more. Or it takes, you know, an illness. Oftentimes it takes an illness in our family or for ourselves where we start to, to tap into, right. um, it, there is something more. There's just something that I feel. We've all had these kinds of, of, of aha moments. Mm-hmm. And 
that's the place to go into. It seems like, as a, you know, for me as a business person, I always wanted proof. I wanted, how does this work? What is the proof? Show me that it exists, and then I move on from there. I think what we're looking at now is in this transformation that we're going through in this world is that we begin from a point of, yes, I am more than that, and I don't need proof of it because I feel it. I, I experience that. I experience that on a daily basis. Right, right. But that requires awareness. And at that point, we have a choice. Until we come to that point, until we come to that point of awareness, we really don't have choices in this world. And I think that's, that's where we, we, we look at all the despair and all the frustration going on out there. It doesn't seem there's a, like there's a way out of it. And from that perspective, maybe there isn't. You know, if, if, if we think that all that exists is this physical world and the environment and all that, maybe there isn't a way. But if we also think that there is simultaneously some more potential and, and, and I'm working with an open system, and that might be important to, to talk about. I mean, we talk about a person with a closed mind. What exactly does that mean? Right. It means that somebody does not have input coming in from the outside. Someone with an open mind has input coming in from the inside. Where does that input come from, and what is that openness? And so as we become conscious leaders, it is actually a practice. It's a practice of applying the potential that you know you are more than just this physical body. And when that potential, when that practice is applied to understanding what your purpose is, it becomes really fun. You know, and you've met and you've talked. I've heard your interviews with the business people who are ignited who are really aligned with their purpose, and they know who they are. Yeah. Those are fun people to be around, and those are the people that I, that I like to, to associate with and to learn from because they know who they are and they know what their purpose is. So you call this a practice. So is there something specific that you recommend that people do to practice this? You know, that's where it becomes such an individual thing. It's not about finding a guru to, to lead us in, in anything anymore, you know. I study. I spent a lot. When I went through my transformation uh, six years ago, I went through a really big shift, and, and I started studying yoga, doing a lot of meditation. And for me, that was my practice that got me to where I'm at now. Everybody has their own way, their own practice. For friends of mine, it's you know, I have a friend who runs marathons, and, and you know, for his, for him, that running is his is his point right. of, of of that deepening meditation with who he is. And everybody has their own unique way. So I think the key is finding what that way is for you. What is it that connects you to that highest potential and practicing it? You know, for me, like I say, it's been meditation has really been a crucial uh, element. And when I coupled that with with body knowing and tying in with my body with yoga, um, I realized that that I do, okay, somebody is controlling this body and it's not just me. Who is it? You know, know, and and it started me into those kinds of explorations. And just from there, that's the awareness level that continues to expand and grow. So if leaders or individuals who are in an informal leadership position or have influence in some way, we all have influence in some way, whether mm-hmm. it's with our friends or family or you know, the people we um, happen to run into you know, on the street during the day, um, you know, that is a form of leadership. So if people do take this on and they raise their level of consciousness and awareness. So what are, what's the output of that? What are the effects of that to, that you expect us to see or feel or experience? Well, you know, I, 
everybody, every philosopher, every uh, sage and scientist have their own uh, take on this. But for me, why am I in this physical body but to do and, and portray absolutely my best in this physical body? So for me, it's about vibrant health. It's about enjoyment. It's about surrounding myself with people who I love. It's about participating in, in, in my business in a way that really brings joy for it, not just for me, but for everyone who's associated with it. So why do you think, I mean, this is a real esoteric question, but why do you think we as humans have strayed so far from this self or this way of being that, um, I mean, what you're saying is that this is in there already. You know, what, what got us so off track? You know, I think, I, I think it's a great question, Cheryl, and I think it's, is, it, it brings me to my real root of my MBA training. I was trained to find problems and to seek solutions. I mean, that's really what we're trained to do in business, right? There's a problem. If I do this, this, and this, I'll solve the problem, and it's done. What quantum physics is telling us now is that it really doesn't work that way. Nothing leads to this. There is no cause of this or that. It is all interrelated to one another. So we had to experience what it was not in order to experience what it is. Hmm. Does that make sense? Say that again. <laughs> okay, so we had to go through the fact that we thought that you know, we could, you know our, our, all of our sciences have been geared toward controlling nature and controlling the, the you know, damming rivers and controlling and controlling the environment. And, and the reality is that we can't control anything. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the real control comes within ourselves. And so what are we controlling in ourselves? So that's, okay, so, so what are we controlling within ourselves? We're controlling how we manifest in this physical world. That's the second step of a conscious leader. Because, and that's why I love talking to business people, because we're already experts at manifesting in this world. A businessman can take a vision. I can see my vision of a retreat center. I know what it's going to look like. I know how it's going to function. I've already done all the work to, to, to see this. And so then the, the steps that, that are necessary for it to come into physical manifestation are really clear. And so as business people, we're very, very good at having a vision and manifesting it into this physical world. That's where I believe we have real promise because we're not just looking at problems out there. We're not just looking. We have a financial problem to solve. Instead, we're looking at a vision of how we would rather things to be. And so, from that place, so, we enter into our, our higher knowing of what our potential is. And when everybody's operating from that higher potential, the potential is, you know, this is where the quantum element comes into it. This is the unlimited potential of the universe is unfolded. Right. So... This is kind of a, a paradox because on one level um, you're saying that consciousness creates, you know, and it does it effortlessly. And on the other hand, you're saying, and we have to use the skills that were developed in um, traditional business models to bring to manifestation the vision. Yeah, I think that's great because there's, there's nothing wrong with what we've learned. We've learned a lot of really great things. I mean, we've got business down. <laughs> we know what works. We know how things, we know the accounting aspects, and none of that stuff. is. We're not, the new paradigm we're talking about is not necessarily having to, 
to change everything, but rather just to incorporate more of our highest potential self, our full potential selves, into what it is that we're doing. So rather than spending so much time, the way I like to look at it is that this physical world represents a small portion of who we are. Mm. You know, And as a small portion of who we are, do we spend 100% of our time into that? Or do we start bringing in more of, you know, that, that higher self and, and um, bringing in our compassionate side and our side for understanding and forgiveness? And these don't sound like business principles, but it's really where we're heading with our businesses because you look at all of the really good business people, they cared about their employees. They cared about their customers. And somehow we've gotten to a point where their numbers and their there are stats on my email <laughs> receipt, you know. And if we're getting back now to more of a connection to one another, and, and that connection comes not the, I feel like the Internet is kind of a, an inter-step uh, in between actually connecting with each other on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Say more about that because I, I I know there's lots of controversy about that. Well, there is, you know, and I'm I'm not an expert in the area. I'm probably the the absolute worst to be talking about technology. But the really the way I see I, you know, my other businesses and my I never really did any marketing, and now I'm really heavily into it with the new things that I'm doing. And I understand what an amazing opportunity to connect and to share my views and for you on this radio station to share your philosophy with so many different people. We're connected to everybody, and I think that's what this technology is showing us, that we are ultimately connected to one another. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the intermediary step between actually connecting to one another because if our minds were able to create this computer and this incredible network and this incredible web, well, we created that. And so we, why can't we just go skip the, the, the physical part and go directly to that, that communication? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? I think, I think. <laughs> Wouldn't have to worry about bandwidth and running out of <laughs> time and yeah. So I, I think that would be nice. I, I've I've heard people who um, have a a capacity for this, you know, live with this, and they say um, when they step into this a little bit, they have trouble sorting between what they want to hear by choice and what they hear automatically. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I wonder about that. I wonder about the, you know, the overwhelm in that. Um, it, it'd be like getting spam ESP. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's so much information. We have, they, they, what are they saying now, that our information, the amount of information we have is doubling every year or something like that? Mm-hmm. The amount of, a total amount of information available to us. So, so I was having a conversation with Dr. Vernon Wolf, who is the father of Holodynamics, the other day, and he said that we already have all the information we need. We know exactly what it is that's happening and where we need to go. And, and he's speaking from an overall scientific standpoint about what's happening with, with, with this world. And so how do you know what is the right information? You know, with being bombarded with so much information... And that is probably the most important thing about becoming intuitive, about tapping into this inner knowing that we're talking about. Because when you're tapped into that, you know whether something is truth for you or not. You know whether it's the right thing, to, you know, the right information or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is something that, um, you know, people work on. I, I think I know a lot of my clients work on 
diligently because that's part of our process, um, really getting in touch with their own intuitive and their own knowing. And it, initially I think that it's, um, it's a little uh, unsettling for people. Um, it is, and, that, you know, and that's why I feel like, especially for, for, for business people, um, you know, and I've been there. I've done, gone through this transformation, you know, and I, and I really studied. I went out and I, and I looked at a lot of this stuff about spirituality, and I thought, you know, that's a lot of airy-fairy, hokey-pooey-pooey or whatever, you know. I really didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't understand that, you know, and dancing and all this stuff. It, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but you know what? What's happening in our world doesn't make a lot of sense either. <laughs> and, and so we're asking for change. We're calling for change. We're asking that things be different. How are we so surprised when they are? How are we so surprised when, you know, the financial institutions start to change and things start to... We're asking for that. We want them to be different. We don't want to be at war anymore and to hate one another and to have all these things going on around us. Our, in, you know, our consciousness level is being raised beyond that. We're being challenged as leaders to, go, to move out of that old... And that's the old... That is definitely the old paradigm. Because what you do to one person, you do to yourself and you do to everyone. Well said. We're going to talk more about this when we come back right after this break. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The economy and financial markets continue to expand in both their size and complexity. But being able to anticipate changes in the markets for housing, jobs, and financial assets remains a crucial ingredient to our financial well-being. On The Economy and the Markets, with economist, investment strategist, portfolio manager, and host, Doug Cliggett, utilizes his 25 years of experience with that of his highly informed guests to provide clear, reasoned explanations of current events. To navigate the markets that influence our lives every day of the week, tune into The Economy and the Markets. With Doug Cliggett, broadcasting each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The economy and the markets. Clear thoughts in a complex world. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and we're speaking with Morgan Lagan today. Morgan's founder and president of the Grace Grove Retreat Center. He's an entrepreneur with a passion for integrating business with spirituality. So, Morgan, um, let's talk a bit about the future. And you have mentioned the collective. You've mentioned that, you know, together we're creating this future. What is your 
new vision for our collective future. Yeah, future is really an interesting. You know, everybody, everybody. You know, we've we've had the power of now. We've had uh, Eckhart Tolle explaining that. Most of us have struggled with that and looked at it, and it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting point. I think once we start looking at the future, we eliminate what really can be done. So I really try to stay out of what the future looks like and what 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 is what is going to be happening. I'm I'm try to stay at a point of what's happening for me right now, and what would I like to see happen differently. And then I can take my future exists of the next moment and, and the next moment and the next moment because that's the practice we, t- we spoke of. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have a long-term vision. I mean, my, my long-term vision includes things like, let's not kill one another anymore. <laughs> let's figure out how, you know, we can take care of this earth and, and um, you know, what is sustainability? Sustainability is more life to all and less to none. And mm-hmm. And really, that's the practice of business now. It's not about changing light bulbs and recycled toilet paper. It's about really embodying that concept, really understanding that, you know, unless I act now in this moment to do something differently than what I've been doing, the future won't be any different. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that, you know, I, 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 it, sometimes that's confusing, and a lot of people say, well, how can you, how can you go through that? And it's the practice. It's the practice of absolutely being present in each moment and knowing I have, when I'm there, when I understand that, yes, I'm having a, a, a crisis in my business now, you know, something just happened that, that um, really shakes things up, and, and that's part of me, but I also can bring in this other side of me, this, this, uh, this highest potential of myself into this moment and go, okay, how do I react to that? Do I get angry? You know, that's my typical. I used to be, have a real aggressive, I was angry and I'd yell at people, and, you know, and, or do I move into a different way? Do I forgive what happened and, and, and find compassion to find out how to move to another level? Mm. And, and that is really the future. That's the future in each moment of, of knowing that you have a choice, understanding who you are first, and then having that awareness and then being able to make a choice of how you can react differently. That will create the future that you want. Well, and, you know, I, I want to go back to the first sentence you said about this um, okay. because I want people to really hear this and understand this. Because I think everything you said after it makes perfect sense. But I think that if they really hear this one sentence, it's going to throw them. And you said, when we go to the future... When we start thinking about the future, we eliminate what can be done. Talk about that. Well, that's my, been my experience. You know, I, as, a, as a businessman, I was great at putting together business plans and forecasts, and I just loved it when I, you know, at the end of the year, I'd be within $4,000 of my, you know, projected budgets, and I love that. That's really exciting for me. But you know what it ended up doing was it took a lot of the enjoyment out of the moment that I was preparing that budget and the moment, and I still do that stuff. Believe me, it's still, it's still an, excru- an extremely important part of my business is to have a great plan and to have all the numbers down and to, and to do all that. But the real true joy comes into me is how I react to it because when I'm putting this all together, I see, okay, when I have this money, what am I going to be doing differently with my life? How am I going to be reacting differently with my employees? How am I going to be reacting differently with my money, with my customers now that I have money to do things differently. And it's just a matter of perspective for me, and it really 
keeps me present with what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, not just getting back into, I want to make all this money, you know, I'm doing this budget so I can make all this money. And does that, is that, is that clear, clear for you, Sharon? Well, and it, it, it occurs to me that, um, you know, when we, the kind of planning that is standard for business um, tends to look at, it does tend to look at eliminating things. It tends to look at eliminating um, potential disaster, or it tends to look at eliminating risk. or um, And so it, it actually, our process becomes more and more contained and more and more controlled. And it occurs to me that what you give up when you do that is the um, potential for possibility. Thank you. <laughs> well put. <laughs> I mean, is that is that kind of what you're... That's exactly what it is, you know, and, and, you know, we have a need, particularly in our business, you know, I, I started with this, is that I need to know everything. I need to have all the facts and figures and everything put together. I hire experts. I, you know, I always want to have all the answers, but the reality is, even if we know 100% of all that we have, need to know in this physical universe, we still only know a fraction of all there is. Mm-hmm. So by, by saying it has to be this way or controlling it, we are absolutely eliminating the whole, that whole other potential that exists out there, and it is unlimited. I mean, science has shown us that, that you know, we've got the Hubble telescope now, and it shows us that we can see galaxies upon galaxies, and I believe that. Do I, do I, is it easy to internalize it? No. But that same infinity exists within us, so that the smaller we go, you know, I'm sitting at a desk, and the reality is this desk isn't wood. Do my beliefs really believe that? Do I really, you know, science can tell me that, but the smaller I go, there's really nothing there. There's just infinitely smaller space. Mm. How, do you in, how do you bring that reality and, and align it with your beliefs? And the only way to do that is that you do not have all the answers. You will never have all the answers, and they will never exist in this mind. Mm. The only place they can come from is that field of unlimited potential, and, and that's the difference between the open and the closed system. Mm. If you're with a closed mind and you think you have everything, you know, you don't. If you have an open mind and you're open to potential, that's what happens. That's when I when I listen to, you know, Bill Gates and I see what he did and, and the way he saw limited potential. What an amazing inspiration for me, mm. you know. Well, and Bill Gates actually many many years ago said that he sees the computer, mm-hmm. the ones and the zeros, um, as an interim step in our connection to each other. Nice. I mean, he actually said that. He, nice. he believes you that... You can't do what he's done and not be extremely kind. Well, of course, of exactly. course. Exactly. And, and he saw, said, you know, that the goal is to not have the computer mm. and to just connect. Mm. And, um, I mean, that was, you know, he said that, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago? I mean, long time ago, 20 years ago? So, you know, his, his way of thinking was way beyond what was present in front of him. You know, it was I very think that's a, what a great example of, of opening to an infinite potential. When he was doing that, I mean, I was, I was still in, in, you know, punching in Cobalt and Fortran into the, <laughs> right. into the <laughs> What a brilliant mind to see that and to see the potential and to see where it's going. Right. That's the kind of inspiration we need in business now, yeah. because we are the ones who can manifest that which we envision. Right. So we, we're, you know, we're talking about the future and all that. 
The future starts right now. What do I want to be? Why would I, how would I want to feel differently right now? Why don't I feel that way? Mm. And that, 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 it really gets fun. You know, it gets fun. It opens things up. You're not just stuck with the information you have. You're open to anything else that comes in. And when you know who you are, you have the discernment to be able to know which information applies and which doesn't and at which time. Mm. seems like this would require an awful lot of trust. You know, everything requires trust. And, I, you know, I've created a, a map of reality that I'll give to you as a gift to your listeners. And, you know, at some point they can, they can download. But basically we have this old map of who we are and our memories and our, and our beliefs and our attitudes and our values. And that's really the, the map that we are operating on now. You know, we spend a lot of time trying to change our beliefs and change our thoughts. And, therefore, our behaviors will be different. But the reality is we're only dealing with 10% of who we are or, or, you know, what science tells us that it's even less than that, but I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that's only 10%. Mm. When we move to this new map, we actually open up to the infinitive. We're moving inward to who we are as our highest self. And one of those steps along the way is to move into trust. Mm. Trust that everything is happening is happening absolutely perfectly as it needs to be. Mm. Well... You know, becoming awakened as a leader sounds like it's not easy, and yet it could be effortless. Well, it, 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 it requires all of us in supporting one another. That's the other thing that I'm learning about leadership. I've always been a maverick all my life. I've done things my own way. I've run my own businesses. I didn't like people telling me what to do. I don't like, <laughs> you know, the government agencies coming in and telling me, but we'll tell you what, we can't do it alone anymore. That's what we're all being taught. That's what's being shown to us very clearly right now is we are connected to everyone and we need everyone in order to, to, to become truly our highest potential. Well, and there's more to talk about in terms of our connection to that. The bottom line in business. Voice America business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman, right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. The Bottom Line in Business, Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations, and we're speaking with Morgan Langan today. So, Morgan, um, as we move into our last segment for the show, um, let's talk a bit about the difference between being a maverick as a business person 
and needing to connect because the last thing you said in our segment earlier was we can't do it alone. And, you know, that that's a big shift because, you know, especially I believe in the U.S. because the mentality is, um, you know, go west and conquer and uh, that pioneering spirit is really a part of the culture. And so, you know, how do you make that shift? You know, how do you take that out of people? You know, for me it's been it's been like, I tell all the people that are around me right now in the programs we're creating this, like dragging a dinosaur along. <laughs> you know, they really are. They're, they, you know, I, I, you know, I like to go out and make deals and talk to people, but then I don't let my whole staff know about it, what's going on. So that's on a really micro level of, of just a management perspective. So but, you're still practicing. Pardon? It's a practice. That's yeah. what it is. You know, it, it never, you never, I don't know anybody who would say they actually 100% ever have it. So it's a practice, and when looked at from that point of view, knowing that, you know, I, I am my, my, I have my highest potential. I'm always focusing on that. That's where my awareness, that's when I have choices. And from that point of connectedness, we are connected to everyone else. And there's a, there's a biology that, that's involved here. Um, I've been working with a Dr. Brenda Sanders. Uh, and she's a Ph.D. She's, she studied... Overall, the, the, you know, like she'll go into an environmental situation where there's been some kind of an oil spill or something happening. She can go in, test all of the, the animals around and find out exactly what is in, the, what kind of toxins are in there and create a system that will clean it out, uh, clean that system out so that it's pure, taken care of and returned and restored. Now, she's stepping forward to show us how we can do that with our bodies. Hmm. So... How exciting. If we can do it in an environment, a large environment, so we can do it within ourselves. And I think that's the first step that really started me on this process when I started to, to cleanse and to purify my body because I find that, you know, I grew up in Montana. I ate a lot of meat. I was a real, you know, hard driver. I drank lots of alcohol. I, you know, I, I punished my body. And so when I started to become more clear about who I was, I started to, to, to go through a cleansing process. And I think that's the, the, the first step that I highly recommend for everybody is to first get away from the concrete and the uh, cars and everything and step into nature. Get your feet on this earth. Look at the sun. Smell the air. Be in nature. And from that point, connect with who you are. And realize that, that from that point of connection, when you start to clarify your body, you start to become more in tune with your senses, as an animal does. An animal spends its whole time in this environment, is very tuned into where its food sources are, is very tuned into you know, the other animals and where there's danger and where there you know, is safety. And we are tuned into that. We spend a lot of our time in fear right now. I feel that it's palatable when I speak to my friends, when I... When I talk to my friends who are, who are in these, you know, high-power corporate business positions, there's a lot of fear. Yes. Coming from that point of fear, there is no way you can tap into your connection with everyone else. Mm-hmm. So the first step is to, is to find that connection. I find the easiest way is to tap into nature mm-hmm. because from nature you feel that connection, even if it's jumping in the ocean. and That's why we love that. That's why we, you know, we love to go out and jump in the ocean and feel that connection of the water in our bodies and the sun. You know, and, and, and a lot of our, our thoughts now are, oh, I've got to cover up, I've got to protect myself, I've got to put on sunscreen, I've got to, you know, we're protecting ourselves from all of these, these elements, and that's what's keeping us isolated, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. 
so we don't feel the connection to even to nature, much less to each other. Well, each other, right. And so as we start to open up and we start to, to look at, okay, how am I connected? That, that connection permeates our relationships. Mm-hmm. When we can get it in nature, when we can understand when I am on this ground, my feet are in this earth, I am connected, I feel that. I feel like there's something different pulsing in with me. Mm-hmm. When I bring that back to my business, I am a different human being. So, I am coming from a completely different place where I know I'm connected to the people that I'm, I'm dealing with. How can I do anything that isn't, is not in alignment with what their highest purpose is as well? Mm-hmm. So what's, what else would people have to do? So the physical would be the first part. I, I, I think for me that was one of the first steps. So, so physical, finding a practice, really finding a practice that will help you tap into that inner being. Uh, for me, it was meditation. And for me, it's my everyday, moment by moment, okay, this has happened. This is, this, you know, I see something going on out there. I hear this crisis. Okay, my, my 501, you know, my, my uh, excuse me, sorry, the, you know, my retirement plan has just crashed. I've lost lots of money. Yes, that happened. And who am I? Why am I here? That practice of going in and do I be angry and do I go into more fear or do I have a choice of going into, okay, I trust that this is happening for a reason. I trust that this is going to make me a better person. I trust that, you know, and these are the choices. These are the real choices that a leader makes right now. Mm-hmm. To choose to go into the fear and, and to spiral into more uh, darkness and anger and frustration, or to choice to move to trust and forgiveness and compassion and to understanding. Because it doesn't happen from unless we unless we're willing to take that inwards those inward steps. So we have a couple of minutes left, and you've created co-created um, a way for people to um, essentially immerse themselves into the elements of transformation. Mm. And it's called One Spirit Weekend. Tell right. us about that. Well, One Spirit Weekend is. You know, it's, it's an event that's going to take place here in Sedona, Arizona in October. It's a body, mind, and, and spirit fest. You know, it's, it's designed, it's different than the, the typical business conferences. You know, Cheryl, you and I met in a, in a, it wasn't a Hilton, but it was a nice hotel, but we we're under fluorescent lights all day. Right. We go out and we'd have to eat really heavy food, and, and then we, you know, it was, it was the environment I didn't feel like really supported the awakening process that needs to take place. So we've rented out an entire Zen retreat center. It's a 160-acre retreat center. And we're changing the shape of business conferences. Mm. We're going to dance. We're going to have fun. We're going to have the most conscious music you've ever heard. I mean, it's just lively music with conscious lyrics. And we're going to dance and have fun and laugh. And we're going to dance around the fire on the earth. And we're going to have absolutely incredible content that's going to provide us the information. Because like Vernon Wilson, he's one of our speakers, Mm. Is that it's not, you don't take all the information, you know what information you need, and you use it in the best way possible. And as leaders, this conference is about what are the next steps? How do we take the next steps? Where do we go? How do we support one another? And, how do, and, and, and by being in this environment for an entire four days, I feel like we are going to feel our connection. We're going to be on this earth, and we are going to feel our connection to one another. And at that point where we are all connected, we don't need the computer we don't need some exterior thing because we are connected to each other. I know that Cheryl's purpose is to get this wor- your word out and to, to reach as many people as possible, and how can I support you in that? Mm-hmm. And you know that that's my purpose as well. How do we support each other? That's exactly what we're doing here. 
so opportunities for collaboration will right. exist. Yeah. So people will want to know more about this. How can they learn about this, Morgan? Uh, OneSpiritWeekend.com is the primary primary uh, contact point. Okay. Um, we have uh, absolutely incredible speakers. We have David Wolf, which is one of he is one of the top yeah. people in the in the field of vibrant health. I think he brings a, a whole new way of looking at at our connection to the food that we eat and who we are. We have Stephanie Franks is one of the top. I don't know if you know Stephanie or have heard of her or not, but her work is in conscious business. He works with corporate level and very amazing human being. Mm-hmm. James Twyman uh, is going to bring us some music, and James has been traveling around the world as the peace troubadour. Well, it uh, sounds fantastic. Yeah. And I know people will be very excited to learn more about it, onespiritweekend.com. Morgan Langan, thank you so much for being with us today. It's fantastic for you to share with us your personal journey and to see how it has blossomed into a great gift back to the universe, to all of us. So thanks, Morgan. Hey, blessings to you, Cheryl. Thanks for this journey and uh, communicate soon. Will do. Remember, everyone, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.